Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. Right? I mean, a lot of times you say that at the store and they look at you like, we're not allowed to say that. It's happy holidays. You know, that kind of thing. Merry Christmas. This is our season where we can celebrate and remember that Jesus Christ, God Almighty, reached down into our lives. There was a king. He was a king over a foreign land. And every day he would go out. He would go out and he would wander and talk with whoever he ran into. He would share with them. He would laugh with them. He would share his wisdom and insight. He would let them know what he thought and what he desired. He would be with them. And each and every day and in each and every place where he went, the people were so appreciative of this king that came and spent time with them. But one day he noticed there was this little boy that kept being at the feet of him as he shared. No matter where he went, there was this boy. He'd go to the next town and that boy had come. And he finally looked down at the young man and he said, why do you keep coming where I'm going? I'm sharing the same wisdom in every city. So you're hearing the same stuff. What are you doing? And he said, I just love to watch you with your people. I love to watch you talk to me. I just love hearing from you. And the king said, hang on. And he went back to where his horses were and he undid this giant gift and he walked forward with it and he set it down in front of him. And the little boy He began to untie it and people were all looking over the top to watch. And as he opened up the edge of the box and he looked in, you could just see his eyes glow with amazement. He began to peel the box off. It it was. We kind of want to know, don't we? Like in that moment, you're going, it was what? Talk, man. You know what? I've got a story of a king who's come to us and he's laid a gift at our feet that blows away what that gift was. We're going to be talking over the next four weeks about what it means to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ and receive from him. You know, we just got done with a series called Fight Right, a series where we were basically challenging ourselves to embrace what God has for us with his power, with his strength, with his insight, but to go after change. And that takes some work. And there's a lot of us who are, as we're coming through the fight, right series are going, man, I got some stuff to work on this month. We're going to take a little bit of a breather as we sense what God is giving to us, what we can receive from him as we're empowered to go after life with him at his feet, receiving expectantly. Today, we're going to talk specifically about receiving his love. We're going to go through love, joy, hope, and peace. We're going to talk today about receiving his love. What does that look like? I mean, it can sound trite. We can walk away going, whatever. Or it can absolutely blow us away. As we look today at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, we're going to be looking at it from this vantage point. How can I receive his love? And not just receive it, but receive it expectantly. 
That's what we're going to be going after. The ushers are going to be coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. So as we turn to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. We'd love to get one to you. We're going to be walking verse by verse through this. So if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand, okay? Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, receiving his love. How do we do this and how do we do it expectantly? First, know that God's love reaches out to us. Know that and expect that. Know that God's love reaches out to us. This is a really big deal. Do you know there's a lot of people that when they think of God, they think of a God that does this. He, get, he comes in, he designs, spins it in motion, and walks away. And God is over here doing his God things. And we're over here living our lives. And we know nothing about God and he knows nothing about us. That's their view of God. Know this. God loves you and his love is reaching into the very center of your life to make an impact. That's what we need to be learning today first. God's love reaching into our lives. Let's just start in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. The birth of Jesus Christ. Not, now the birth of Jesus, some guy from Nazareth. Or the birth of Jesus, a guy who was trying to make an impact. The birth of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the one who will reign as King of kings and Lord of lords. Now this is the story of his birth, the story of Jesus Christ, the Almighty. It took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. They were betrothed. This word means pledged to be married, but more than in a way like we have the engagements today, more than that. It's basically like you're already married. You know, if you look down a little bit, it actually says, and her husband, Joseph. I thought they were just betrothed. Yeah, that's how serious it was. Okay, it's as if already married, pledged to be married, and it will only be broken in the situation of adultery. This is good to go. Okay, betrothed. A couple other things we need to know. The betrothal period eh, usually lasted about a year. It was usually set up by the parents. They usually were the ones that negotiated the agreement and they aligned who would be marrying. Okay, so these two know each other to some level a little bit, possibly. But the parents probably were the ones that set it up. It's going to last about a year. It's a guarantee to be married. And usually in the midst of it, the groom pays a part of the bride's price already. So he's in. He's already committed. He's committed financially. He's going to be getting committed emotionally. That's the point of the year. And they're going to be growing together. They are betrothed. Okay. So that's the life that's going on. We have this relationship between Mary and Joseph. It says in verse 19 and her husband. So she's looking at him as he's taking responsibility over her already. All right. Let's just get something kind of clear here. Marissa, can you do me a favor? She's panicked right now. She didn't know this. Can you stand up just for a second? Miranda, sorry. What did I say, Marissa? 
I'm sorry. Miranda, do me a favor. Can you turn around and smile at everybody and recognize that this is probably about the size Mary was? Somewhere between the ages of 13 and 16, 17. We don't know exactly. It doesn't say, Miranda, that you would already be betrothed. You would have a husband-to-be coming up. You, yeah, you're looking at me like, you got to be kidding. That I, seriously, can you imagine this moment where you're coming into that 15, 16-ish kind of range and you're, you're kind of going, I, I, I'm, life is blowing me away. I'm surprised. And then it says, before they came together, she was found to be with child. This is a very real moment where... A, a young woman wrestling with life has some tough explanations. You, you can sit down. I appreciate you standing up in front of everybody. Un, unplanned and, but a pastor's daughter, so I knew I could get away with it. <laughs> you know, here's the reality. We have a, a situation where Mary is standing before all having to give a tough explanation. Before they had been together, they had not been together physically in any way, shape, or form. There's no explanation for a baby, but she's got a baby. What's happening? How can she be with child? What does that mean? Well, it says that she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. God stepping in. The awesome, almighty plan of God. To say, look, I need you to understand something. Romans chapter 5. The sins of mankind are passed down through Adam. And so guess what? The father figure here, the Holy Spirit. This is going to be a perfect child. God become man. This is the Holy Spirit helping Mary to have the Holy One in her. A moment of unbelievable miracle. And she is standing before father and before family and before Joseph. And she's saying, it's uh, the Holy Spirit. It's from the Holy Spirit. And their answer is, oh, really? Great. Good to know that. Now we're better. Is that their answer? I mean, look at verse 19. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her away to shame, Resolved to just divorce her quietly. You see, he's looking at it going, whatever. I'm not buying it. So this is an adultery moment and this thing's done. And you need to know I've got a choice. I can go Deuteronomy chapter 22 verses 23 and 24. You're going public and you're going to get stoned. You just need to know that's what's warranted here. But in our culture, we're not doing that. And, and in this day and age of our sophisticated Jewish lives, we're actually going Deuteronomy 24, verse 1, where if there's any indecent element in you, I can just put you away with a divorce. So I'll go that way. We'll quietly go divorce where I can set you aside and I can move on. The humiliation factor is massive. You have horrified me to the core. But I'm going to try to do this with some respect for you. Joseph, he's got some high integrity. This man really could have lit her up and showed her off. And honestly, he decided to do the whole thing with justness and an unwillingness to put her to shame. And just for those of you who may have heard before, 
Some preach, you know what? He was violating scripture. He, I think he was actually trying to follow scripture. He was trying to decide, is it Deuteronomy 22 or Deuteronomy 24? And I'm going off for Deuteronomy 24. And granted, that was kind of the move of the times. But honestly, he was following scripture. He's found something indecent in her and he's going to put her away. She has hurt me to the core, but I'm going to try to do what's called for. I mean, the scriptures are calling him just. Let's keep that in mind. Joseph's responding to God reaching out. He put her away quietly. But we have to catch this moment. This 13 to 16-year-old young lady now has the creator of the universe within her. God saying, there is a plan that must take place. I love you too much. And I'm going to lose every single one of you if I just let it be all about you. If you go your own way and do your own thing, it mandates eternal separation from us because you've shot an air ball. You've come up short. You've missed the mark. You have not hit what I'm trying to accomplish in life. My design and purpose is gone. And my justness demands payment. I'm coming in with solution. I'm coming in and I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to live life with you. I'm going to be right beside you. I'm going to live that perfect life to be able to make replacement payment for you. God's love reaching down into our lives, reaching down into the created world and placing himself as the servant for you and for me. That's what we see Jesus Christ doing here. And it's rocking people's worlds. Joseph is in a tizzy. He doesn't know which way to turn. His heart is stirred. His stomach is flipped. His palms are sweating. She is going, I'm telling you, I really, it's the Holy Spirit. There's a moment of tough explanation. But Jesus Christ, Philippians chapter 2 tells us, he's setting it aside. He's setting aside the privileges that are about him. And he's coming to be still fully God, fully man, but with some privileges set aside for the moment. And he is looking to make replacement payment for you and me. The plan of God reaching out, of love on fire for you and for me. There was a little boy who was right around Christmas time. Every time he'd get done with school, he'd come running home, run into the basement, and he'd be working and working and working on something. And every night when his dad would get home, his dad would go down and say, how's it going? And he's like, I just can't quite get it yet, but I'm still going to keep trying. And week after week, he was down in that basement working and working on working. And the dad said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm making something for mom for Christmas just to let her know she's loved. I want to give her this thing. And finally, one night when the dad came home, he just stopped and fell into his dad's arms sobbing and said, I can't do it. The stuff I'm making, it just, it's junk. It looks terrible. I can't give it to her. What do I do? And his dad holding him said, I can tell you this. There is nothing like giving yourself to your mom. Why don't you find a way not to worry about the stuff that she's going to have, but the time of you with her and find a way to celebrate that with her. Isn't that exactly what it's all about? 
I mean, honestly, how many of us, when we have our kids come to us with the gift, it's the, it's all about the gift, right? It's unbelievable. This thing you've made for me. I don't care about time with you. Thanks for the gift. Is that where we're at? No way. Our hearts are warmed that they've thought about and spent time in wanting to give whatever they give. We are enamored with the love they've got for us. Time with us. That's the number one way to show love. Time with us. God Almighty said, I love you. I love you so much. I'm coming. I want to be with you. I want to spend time with you. I want life changed as we spend time together. Even today, as Jesus has grown up, been crucified, risen again, and is in heaven at the right hand of our Father, he has an opportunity for us to have relationship with him. Are you ready to relate to the Almighty? Are you ready for his love to reach down into your life and shake you up a little bit? Are you ready for whatever the junk is that's going on in your world to be set aside and just fix your eyes squarely on him, changing you? The Almighty loves you. He loves you. And he wants to be right there with you. That we have to expect and understand first. Second, we not only need to know that he loves us, we need to know that God's love is communicated to us. He makes it clear what it is and what's going on. You know what I'm talking about? How a lot of times we're trying to show somebody that we love them and they just can't see it or we're trying to say it one way and they're trying to say it another. He's going to communicate his love and make sure it's clear that we get it. How do we know that? Well, here's a little example. Verse 20. But as Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, and goes on. Here's my first question. Why didn't God come to Joseph first and say, hey, heads up, I got this plan going on. It's going to be a little hard to swallow, but I'm telling you it's true. I'm going to make sure that your betrothed Mary is with child. And it's going to be with child from me. Uh, just heads up. So that Joseph could at least go, oh, okay, I'll expect that. No, somehow God decided to walk Mary through it first, have Joseph run headlong into it, begin to go reeling through the scriptures and through the hurts and the, what should I be doing? And as he considered these things, it probably looked much like, I don't know what I should do with her. Man, what was she thinking about? How dare she do Do you understand how that disrespects? Mm. Maybe she should be stoned. Maybe that's where it should go. I don't want that. Man. Fine. This is just going to need to be put away silently. I, that's what I'm going to have to do. That's where I'm going. Joseph, Joseph, in that moment, the angel is beginning to communicate to him. Joseph, he calls him personally. That's kind of a cool thing, you know? Angel sent from God, knows your name personally, you know? He walks up and he's like, Gary. Hey, Gary. You're like, oh, he knows my name, right? I mean, that had to be kind of a moment, you know? Joseph, you're like, all right, he knows who I am. Son of David. What's he doing? Hey, you who is in the lineage of the Messiah. Hey, wake up. 
Remember the righteous branch of David that's coming from the almighty Messiah's line, David's line? You're in it, remember? Heads up. You're in it more than you thought. Right? That's really what he's saying. Joseph, from the lineage of the Messiah, start getting ready to live it. Son of David, do not fear. I know that there's some stuff that's got you in angst. Put it aside. I know that there's some stuff that has you not real happy and actually a little bit concerned about what people are going to say to you, what people are going to do to you. You're probably questioning which way you should be heading out of fear. Set it aside. No fear. That needs to be your attitude. Action. He says, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's true. Are you serious? That's true. Yes. From the Holy Spirit. So your attitude, no fear. Your action, continue in the line you're on. Do take Mary as your wife. And after you've gotten that attitude and that action, I need you to recognize that you have a job to do. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus, that name actually means God is salvation. You need to call the little one within her. God is salvation. That little one is from the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine? I mean, the plan here, it kind of goes like this. You know, you're, you're being raised by a carpenter. So when he's like 13, 14 years old and his dad is saying, hey, bring some nails over here. He's saying, hey, God is salvation. Bring some nails over here. Right? Hey, God is salvation. Where's that hammer? Hey, God is salvation. Get up on that roof and make that thing a little cleaner. Hey, God is salvation. Come over here. Let's go for a walk together. God is salvation. Can you imagine? Like every moment he's talking to him, he's saying, reminder, there's a plan here. God is salvation. Come here. What exactly was going on when we left and and you stayed and you talked God is salvation? Why God is salvation? Did you remain with these people and begin to teach and talk with them? God is salvation. I think I'm answering my own question as I talk, right? Can you see it? The name is everything. God is salvation. Jesus. Jesus. His name simply means there's a purpose. Jesus. He came for you and me. Jesus. As we said in the first point, which we have to get really clear, we have a holy righteous God. And he basically said, if you come up short in any way, shape or form, it means eternal separation from me for all eternity, holy and righteous. But in my love and my mercy, I'm going to be providing salvation. So rich and free trust in the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross and his replacement payment that's available. God is salvation. Know that the sins of his people will be removed by his blood on the cross at Calvary. What's so great about the Christmas season? It's the precursor to the Easter season, right? 
I mean, seriously, what's so great about it? It's all about getting this plan of God with us in place so that God with us can make a God-provided, God-replacement payment so that God is salvation. Amen? Now, that's the plan. That's where God's going. Joseph has a job to do. Marry her to care for her. Protect this family of mine. That's what God's saying. Protect this family of mine and give him the name God is salvation. Oh, do we have a plan? It's time for us to lean on him and rely on him. God communicating with us. He communicates with us today as well. Making clear to us which way he would want us to go. You know, Proverbs even says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will guide your paths. He will direct your paths. He will communicate with you what the plan is and where he's headed. Sometimes through circumstances, sometimes through the obviousness of scripture, sometimes through friends who are saying, where are you going? What are you doing? seems like you should be right here. And you get these helps and these guides along the way of God working in your life. God communicating with you. Here's my question. Verse two or point two here. We can't go past it. Unless we deal with this, we need to put our hearts in his hands and say, I know you're reaching out and I know you're communicating. Now am I responding? Let's just do this. Let's just close our eyes here for a moment before we go to point three. And let's just take a moment. My question is this. First, have you given your heart to the Almighty? Have you found Jesus Christ to be your salvation? Have you simply said, please forgive me and use your shed blood to replace my payment? Have you given your heart to him? If you haven't, today is the day for salvation. Now is the moment to recognize Jesus for more than just a name, but for him living in your life as God is salvation. If you haven't, just repeat a prayer like this after me. Do it quietly right where you're at. Father, I know that I've done my own thing. I've sinned in myriads of ways. I know that I've come up short. Please forgive me by your shed blood. Please replace my payment of what I owe. Lord, I want to follow you with all I've got. May you be my God, may you be my father. Thank you, Jesus, for your provision on the cross for me and replacing what I owe. May I forever be running after you. Amen. You may have already prayed a prayer like that in years past. You may have already committed your heart. Don't get me wrong. It's not about the words. It's not about some magic mantra. Check a box. Hey, I prayed that prayer one time a long time ago and never did anything else about it. Never lived it, never thought about it, breathed about it, but I did quote those words one time. That's not really the point, okay? It's more of a, it's time to really lay it in his hands and let him take your heart. Here's the question. Maybe you're in that spot now and you've been a follower of him, but you've been taken back a lot. Now it's time to really open up that gift and really explore life with him. Let's just take one more moment together to pray.
and now just commit your time and your life to him. Commit to receiving his love and accepting the love he's communicating to you and follow hard after him. Let's just take a moment together to do it. Father, just take our hearts, take our souls, take the whole of what we want and what we are and what we're going after. Lord, may I give my life to you. May you change me and rock my world from the inside out. May I find you to be God is my salvation. Move in me and change me. Move in this body and change us. May we live a life that simply says you are so worth knowing. In your name I pray, amen. Receiving gifts, it is about receiving. I thought about, should we pray, should we not, what should we, you know what? It's no good to be given a gift from under the Christmas tree and just sit there with it at your feet looking all pretty, right? I mean, the wrapping paper may look nice and somebody spent a lot of time on it, but what's inside is a lot better, hopefully, right? It's about unwrapping and making it your own. That's what it's about. It's about going after it with all you've got. He loves you and he's reaching into your life. He wants to rock your world. He's got a story for you to be living out. I don't know what it is. He's got a direction for you to be going. I'm not sure which way it is, but I'll tell you this. He wants to communicate it with you. He wants you headed clearly in that direction and he wants you passionately enjoying life with him along the way. Third point. So if we know that he loves us, and if we know that he communicates, what should we do? Celebrate God for his awesome plan of love and redemption. Celebrate God for his awesome plan of love and redemption. God with us. That's his awesome plan. Celebrate it. Verse 22. He says, All this took place to fulfill... What the Lord had spoken by the prophet. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. In other words, it's true. I want you to understand that every single step here is true. And it's true because it's fulfilling what was already spoken of. It's true. And God already told us about it. He says, by the prophet. And now he's quoting Isaiah. He starts in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. In verse 23 here, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. The virgin, the young woman, pure, chaste, Miranda, right? Picture the young little girl who's experiencing life, a lot of it for the first time and blown away as she goes. Behold, shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel. Im, with. Anu, us. El, God. God with us. Im, Anu, El. In the Hebrew, it simply is this. I'm telling you what, the name means everything. He's right here with us. God with us. Emmanuel. He is right here with you and me. 
He is in this world. Forget that story about a God who spins a top and walks away. It's total junk. He is right here with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Now that's a plan. How do you show your love for someone? Spend some time with them. God with us. He loves us and he reaches out for us. And we can be celebrating it with all we've got. Joseph had a choice as he heard this story and this truth and this idea of fulfillment and God with us. And he had a decision to make. How can I respond into this? And he simply responded by celebrating. Watch how he celebrates. Verse 24. When Joseph woke from his sleep, which is where he was hearing this dream, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Obedience. That's a good way to celebrate. If I think it's true, and I really believe it's true, and it's rocking my world it's so true, I think I'm going to act on it like it's true. I'm going to follow through. He obeyed what he was asked to do. And he married Mary. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. Verse 25. But he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. He was respecting the whole process going on of God with us. The Holy Spirit being about her and with her. And he was working with this family and protecting this family saying, I don't understand the whole of it, but I'll guarantee you this. I am to watch over this family. And boy, am I going to watch over this family. Can you imagine that call? You are being asked to watch over the Almighty as he grows. Okay, I got it. You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine, like, every night he had to be sitting there going, what's this kid going to be like? You know what I mean? I, am I going to have to discipline him? Or is he going to be disciplining me? You know? Like, just processing through things. What is this going to be like as I protect what God is calling in place? May I obey with a heart of respect for what's going on. That's what he's doing. And it says, and he called his name Bill. Is that what it says? No, he followed through, right? He called his name, God is salvation. There is a plan here. This little one, God is salvation. It's going to come through. How? I don't know. In what ways? Not sure, but I'm telling you this. God is salvation is the name of this little one. And I'm protecting this family. We need to be celebrating God at work in our lives. We need to be lifting him up with everything we've got. We need to be trying to find ways that we today can celebrate him. I just wrote down seven ways we can celebrate. Might want to write these down. Seven ways we can celebrate. First, trust. Trust him. Joseph was told, no fear. That's where you need to be going with this one. No fear. Trust. Know that God's got a plan. And even though in the moment there might be a world of pain in what you're going through, or in the moment there might be a ton of confusion or a swirl of misunderstanding, trust, know that God's plan is at work. Let him work. Number two, lean on him. Let him guide. Lean on him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways acknowledge him. Right? Lean on him. Number three, become like him. Let him change you. The Christian walk is not a walk of legalism. We've talked about it a number of times, right? We talked about it in the Fight Right series. It's not the donut where we create the outside rules and we just start trying to do them no matter what. The Christian walk is about a relationship where we're transformed to look more like him. Run hard after him. Know him and love him. 
Become like him. So first, trust him, lean on him, then become like him. Fourth, sing of him. We're going to be seeing this in the next couple of weeks. Allow the words that we put on. I mean, we sing songs all the time. It's a part of the human nature. You don't see animals doing it. Isn't it kind of weird? You know, you don't like you walk into the woods and you see a squirrel and it just starts singing. It's, it's, it's a privilege we have, right? Some could go, well, I've seen birds sing. Okay. You know, there's some animals that get the gist, I suppose. But the reality is we have a chance as human beings to put words to music to celebrate what he's doing. And it's a part of a fulfillment in who we are. It's enjoyable to be able to celebrate music. Allow some of the music that you enjoy to lift him up and celebrate him. Sing of him. Share of him. Actually talk to other people about what he's doing in your life. You wouldn't believe the God that I'm meeting and what he's doing in my life. Let me tell you how he's blowing me away. What a powerful little testimony. They could say, I totally disagree that Jesus is alive. Okay. Let me just tell you how he's blowing me away. That's all I'm saying. I'm just going to testify that God is making a difference in my life. Share of him. Learn more of him. It's hard to become like him if you're not learning more of him. Spending time in his word, spending time at his feet, just asking him. What do you like? What's your character? Which way do you want to go? Learn more of him. And last is serve him. Give him of your time and talent. Celebrate him with all you've got. Lifting him up in song. Lifting him up in deed. Lifting him up in word. Lifting him up in all that you are and all that you're going after. Know this, that you know God is salvation. That you have met Emmanuel. God with us, that you know this one who's being spoken of here, the Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, and where the prophets knew him by looking out and seeing nothing more than somehow a king that would finally reign. We get to know him as the servant savior first and the king to come. Don't worry. He's coming as king and he will be celebrated as king, but we can celebrate him now as our loving God, servant savior. Question, which of the seven do you need to work on most? What would be one you could go after today, right now, to celebrate him best? Trusting him? Leaning on him? Becoming like him? Singing of him? Sharing of him? Learning more of him? Serving him? What can you do coming out of this Christmas season to simply say this, I want to celebrate you with my life. I'm going to do the following. What is it you do? Got it? Really think it. Sometimes when I ask that, people think it's hypothetical. So really think it. <laughs> it's important we get it. Because as we go out today, we simply need to be saying this. Our God loves us. He communicates his love to us regularly and deeply and richly. He is worth knowing and he is worth celebrating with all we have. It is the Christmas season and we have a God who simply says this. I'm putting a gift at your feet. Open it. You're going to be amazed at what I have for you. Open it carefully, but open it expectantly. As we sit at his feet, may we receive expectantly. May we receive his love expectantly. Let's pray.